Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello, Duck Hunt, and welcome to the IGN UK podcast number 286. Uh, I'm your host this week, Chris Tilley, and I'm joined by Rory Powers. Yes, you are. And Luke Carmali. Hello. How are you doing, guys? <laughs> Good. Fantastic. Yeah, we had a, an interesting lunch. We played a game. We played a game on the PlayStation here in the gallery, which actually is on the list. We will get into it a little bit later, but it was a surprising uh, amount of fun. Yeah, we didn't it was think it would be. what we thought it was going to be. But it was really good. Oh, I don't know what to expect. Oh, yeah. not Nobody now. does. Let's so now that's a little clip, man. Neither do we. We're kicking off with a game, though, where all has not gone well. No. Oh, dear. So, Batman Arkham Knight. Yeah. Right? Because we... Well, like Arkham shite. <laughs> oh, shots fired at 30 seconds in. Well, you know a, why are you both mad shouting? Oh, we don't need to well, shout, guys. I, I thought you would have learned We've that. We've got microphones. Sorry. So this is what happens when we're, we're in, a, in a room together. Um, tell me the story. What's been going on here? Because I've picked it up here and there, but it yeah. doesn't sound good. Right. So Arkham Knight, the final game in Rocksteady's highly acclaimed Arkham trilogy, was released um, this week. And so the PS4 and the Xbox One versions... Brilliant, you know, Great. and we've given it a review. I think we gave it a, a 9.2. 9.2. Yeah, yes. so really good. The PC version, however, was not done by Rocksteady. It were, a port was done. They haven't, um, I don't think they've announced the studio that did Named that. Named and shamed. Yeah, not yet. unfortunately not yet. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, it's not gone particularly well for them. So lots of issues have been reported, um, mainly lots of juddering. It's capped at 30 frames per second, which no one would expect for a PC game. You know, usually your hardware's the limit. Um, but there, is, ca- there is a fix for that, but it yeah. requires going into the game. And it can bugger it all up. Yeah, right? it's so, kind of sketchy. So that happens, and it's, um, it's juddery, there's audio glitches, and basically it's just shocking that it's kind of... This big, big AAA game has been released into the wild in this state, not bug-tested or anything, clearly not enough, um, and and they're happy with it. And also, um, the most recent development is Warner Brothers have pulled it from their online store. And we've also heard um, that Eurogamer was ringing up, has rung around some different game stores. And Game have said, um, yes, we have copies of Arkham Knight on PC, but we are not allowed to sell it to you. So they've actually pulled it and they said, until we fix it. So they've, they're, they're offering refunds and everything. But, you know, I think for a lot of people, that's not really good enough to get mm. to this stage. I think one of the reasons it's so shocking to kind of see this is because, I mean, we're no strangers to launch day issues. There's a yeah, lot of big norm. popular games. Yeah, it's almost kind of expected. On launch day, you're going to get maybe one or two bugs. Sometimes they're going to be a bit more substantial like this, but in most cases, it's something that can be fixed by a patch by yeah. the company and they are rolled out almost immediately. Now, pulling stock off the shelves and stopping sales, this seems like this maybe is something that's a bit more problematic than, than maybe a, a patch or a single patch can just fix. And I think you can kind of get away with, like, well, you, you shouldn't be able to get away with, you know, you should be launching a game, you should quality assurance test it to the eyeballs. But, you know, it, like with some of the Assassin's Creed bugs, there were issues there. And you can understand... <laughs> all, that, all the no-face... Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> you can understand maybe, yeah. okay, maybe a few of them slipped through the net. Okay, but this is such a widely spread issue... You, I'm amazed that, no, you know, you put it in a PC and you boot it up and almost everyone's having these issues. Mm. So just a bit more about it. We have um, uh, high-end NVIDIA hardware 
um, fight. It's playable but glitchy. That's what Dan Stapleton found when he did it. Mm-hmm. But um, when it's on AMD, it's even more severe and it's pretty much unplayable. Um, and there's and so I've been seeing there's gifts doing the round on oh, um, no. online, which and that's it's a like, publisher's worst nightmare and is gifts. The gifts are faster than the game, like in terms of running. <laughs> so the gifts are juddering like more, like it's it's ridiculous. It's really really ridiculous. Oh my gosh. So yeah, how is this going to affect sales of the game then? Are, are people just going to stop buying the PC game from this week? Well, I mean, the th- they can't even if they, they can't want buy. It. Yeah, of course. So I mean, it's I would imagine that it's it's a fantastic game as a thing. So when it is actually released and it works, I don't think we'll see any issues. But it's it's not the note they really want to go out on. You know, they mm. kind of they are yeah. series did so well, Asylum and City, and you know, Origins had its detractors um, when it was taken away from Rocksteady. Um, and that launched with issues as well. And one of the big things that the developer there did was um, say, we can't fix any more of the bugs. We're going to work on DLC now. And they were like, what, can you actually not make the base game playable before you do this? Yeah. Um, and so uh, on the plus side, you know, at least Rocksteady are saying, look, we are now putting all our energies into making this right and making it work. Um, but by the same token this was meant to be the return to form, right? You know, this was meant to be, you know, after a brief, slight dip, because Origins it does have a lot of fans. It, this was meant to be, yes, we're back, we've done it. And um, I think in a lot of aspects not. they are. I mean, as we said, I think this would be a bit of a bigger deal if this was a uh, all-platforms yeah. type of issue. But because the Xbox One and the PlayStation One are flawless, I mean, it's one of the things I'll get to on my love it list. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I've been playing it and I haven't had any problems like that so far. So I think it's still getting a lot of thumbs up from people who are playing the game. And I've seen a lot of great feedback from people online saying how much they're enjoying it. And hopefully this is something that they'll make up for reasonably quickly. It yeah. seems like it's pretty urgent. It seems like they've got everyone uh, working on it to get this solved. I mean, it's one of these things, right? If it, if it, if they fix it within the week, people might be like, "Well, that was a build up of a launch." But, but if you know, this yeah. is something we're still talking let's, about right, a let's, month from now. Let's like, choose. What do you think? Do you think? Do you think it'll be patched by by the weekend or after the weekend? I don't because I think if it was a quick fix, they it locked that. Have. They locked that frame rate at thirty as an attempted band aid over it. They knew something was up because yeah. you don't you don't lock frame rates at thirty on PC just. For fun. Yeah. So something was up there. And so I think it's a much, much more complex issue than they were. I think Monday, it'll all be fine. This gu- It'll so all next, be fine. So this coming that Monday. That kind of sounds like something you would, what do you call those knitted like pictures? Crochet. That sounds like a crochet you'd have. <laughs> Monday morning, it'll all be fine. And you kind of look at it and I you're just it's like, gonna, I think smart. it's going to be a while. Things going to run. Yeah, I think these these, from the sounds of it, are quite deep rooted problems in the game. Yeah. It does appear that way. I'm not um yeah I'm not particularly optimistic about it personally. It's um it's just it's just upsetting I think because a lot mm. the problem a lot of people have said as well these cards that are in the machines are more powerful than the cards that are in the consoles. That's why it's and so yet, baffling. It's not so there's got to be something to do with the architecture or the nature of the port. Yeah, that just doesn't. That's so I I don't think it's necessarily something that it may not be an easy fix, an easy patch. It might have to be a big big kind of rework yeah, you would have assumed if it works so flawlessly on consoles that a port would be a reasonably simple thing to do but as I said I have no idea what goes into porting <laughs> things onto yeah. different it could be the most comp- it could be astronomical I literally yeah. have no idea um, so but maybe it is a much more difficult I mean the idea being you know you pick a company to port it because you don't have the expertise and they do yeah <laughs> clearly that was a mistake on this one exactly oh um, god it's an absolute nightmare yeah 
Well, it's a shame. I, before we leave the subject, though, I want to say something a little bit positive about it. Obviously, the game's good, but mm. Rory and I went to quite a fun launch event for yeah. it as well, we didn't did. we? We did, yes. Very um, fun. It very was fun. the Batman Arkham Knight Cape and Cowl exhibition mm-hmm. that people can go to. It's in uh, near Old Street at a bar called Cachette, and it's running until um, June the 28th. But what did we see there? Lots of Capes and cows. awesome <laughs> bat suits designed by... Many people, uh, a lot of room, I had no idea who they were and had to get Chris or Rich to explain to me who they were. Yeah. Can you remember the name of any of them? Eliza Doolittle. Eliza Doolittle. As in the pop star. Yeah, she was yes, there. Yes, she designed one. She was there, actually. She's, she is the granddaughter of Sylvia Young. And the daughter of <laughs> Francis... Buffel or something yes. who sang Eurovision anyway Francis Bacon <laughs> yeah the, um, the, the celebs uh, that designed them Jody Kidd Eliza Doolittle Noel Clark, and Jonathan Ross Noel Clark. Yes. oh what was his like um, which one was his do you remember yeah he did a, fu- <laughs> he did a funny tweet about his yeah that I'll find I'll find yeah, it I'll no, find it a bit I, I remember the suits much more than the actual because I, I knew you went I didn't realise who like I didn't know who designed them it was mainly artists for. though and okay. unfortunately none of us know many artists I it's see. not oh, our well, area of expertise speak for yourself but for the art <laughs> fans <laughs> out there there was uh, Nancy Foote my favourite Lauren Baker Hayden Lauren. Kays Inky Pam Glue, Insert, The Connor Brothers, Zeus Matt Small John Bergerman Case, Crash Cyclops, Kid Acne Logan Hicks and Pure Evil I know them all. Pure I, evil. Actually, pure evil is the one I have heard of. Yeah, but yeah, it's really good you fun. Heard of it's, Zeus, Jesus Christ! It's not huge. It's like whatever, twenty-five of them. But it's fun yeah. to have a stroll around. They look cool. Oh, very, very. And we're cool. trying to get hold of one for the office for us to design. We'll see if we can. Not get where they, they made that very clear yeah, when we'll I proposed. Do, do a design it ourselves. We'll That's see. Like, like a blank we'll one that we can IGN up. I maybe that'd be, shouldn't. That'd be sexy. Pretty cool. Maybe, yeah, and it's free entry. So anyway, let's. So we're ending on a positive Arkham note. Yes. So. Yes, and hopefully Rory will be right, and on next week's podcast, we'll be saying how good they fix it. Remember, no. folks, I will, although I will on say, Monday, it'll all be over. Although I will say, first of all, it will all be fine. Oh, I've changed Rory, it already. Yeah. <laughs> and Rory doesn't have the best track record with being right. Anyway, oh, on we go then. Fired. Let's move on to Love It love and it. Shove It. Exactly. Uh, Which I was going gonna to change that, but I couldn't remember... Remember we got that email yeah. in from all the suggestions, but I couldn't we remember. We should have made a list of them. Yeah. So for this week, we are loving it. And what are we loving it, loving it, loving it? So I am loving back it right from now. E3. Yep. Ta-da! And I know like, you guys did a big, big E3 show last week, so I don't want to link And the week before. Wrong. And the week before. And the week before that. Um, <laughs> but it was, um, but as I was there, yeah, just brilliant. Um, I think a lot of people have been saying it. But we all kind of went in with low expectations, I think. That, um, you know... Last year was a big year. Reasonably, Lots of yeah. stuff was delayed. Didn't know what would be mm-hmm. coming. But this year there was loads of exciting stuff. And the and I mean I've only been to two, so what can I talk about really? But well, you, you know, went to the best one of all time. Well, this is the thing. Everyone year. was saying uh, on the IGN US team as well. This really feels like the best E three in about like five six years. And we were all and the energy in the war room as well during yeah. the conferences was fantastic it's getting um, bigger guys video yeah. games are the future they are you heard it here first folks <laughs> Rory Powers that's an exclusive quote so we um we had really good fun anyway and it was um you know getting so I went hands on with Unravel which was good really mm-hmm. really enjoyed that For Honor was my personal game of the show um, yes which, that does look very cool yeah which um, a lot of people didn't really get it and I mean admittedly when I first played it there was I was playing it with an open bar and I was like am I just liking this because I'm slightly <laughs> hammered that um, was the real all but hands, then, but then so I, went, right. I went back before I voted for it again I was like right no play this sober 
Play this tired and like see if you enjoy it. And I loved it. It's so, fantastic. Is that the game where you get to choose? You get to be like a ninja or a knight? Or, yeah. Sorry, a samurai or a knight? A samurai, a knight or a viking. And, oh, um, so cool. It's, the ones we saw were, um, it was kind of a king of the hill type one. So, yes. um, you basically have to capture points and hold them. Um, and we played as knights and we only played on one map. But in later games, you'll be able to mix and match between the different ones. You unlock certain abilities. So as a knight, for example, we could unlock a catapult if we got kill streaks. And like, so you basically this just, sounds it's basically really just, cool. it's like calling a rocket or an airstrike, right? Um, but obviously different ones will have different things. Yeah. There's a sing- there's going to be a single player as well. Lots of people cool. worried it'll only be a multiplayer. It, it was just amazing. And I played it with Marty. Um, and I, I played it first because he was off at Ubisoft's event and they, he was off playing Assassins. Um, and I was like, you know, you've got to play this. This is amazing. And yeah. he was like, really? It don't, it, I mean, it just didn't capture me. And then we played it and we were like, it's so good. Oh, so um, that was my breakout. But um, but yeah, I just think really good E3 um, and really, really lovely, lovely time. And I was also, I also got an opportunity to be on Podcast Beyond with Krupa and Gav. Oh, the the monster, the yeah, beast. The three, the three and a half hour... hour long Podcast Beyond. Oh my God. Um, we basically, it was the last night of the show and there's a hotel that everyone stays at called the Figueroa. And then we were all, we were all there. Figueroa. Exactly. Figueroa, Figueroa. It was, it was kind of like that. I know some art. There you go. That's art. And we got, um, we just sense. got hammered. We did it, we filmed it in a bar and there was just, Slots of 15. So yeah, Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson won it with us as well. Oh, that's cool. So like a rotating... Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they obviously had the main team, the main US team, like Max, Marty and that lot. But yeah, yeah. it was really good. So Did you plug the IGN UK podcast? I did. Good. Oh, it awesome. Said, yeah, it was like... Hello, new that. listeners. They were all like, oh yeah, it's um, people with accents. And we were like, yeah, British and Welsh accent because we are from the IGN UK podcast. Um, I don't know where I, I always I always give us a plug whenever I'm on the Keeping It Real film yeah. podcast that we do. No, it was awesome. It was really good. So yeah. And what won the what won IGN's game of the Battlefront? Yeah. When I was, so um, I did get to have a go. Good call. Um, on Battlefront, it was uh, I played next to Gav. Gav was on the Rebels. I was on the Empire. I think you can guess who won that. Yeah, Rebels. Yeah, they did actually. Uh, <laughs> I as totally it, knew it. as it goes. Yeah. Um, but so we did that, and then um, it was really good because um, I didn't get a chance to because we were just playing as um, snow troopers and, and, and rebels, but. He, uh, like, some of our team got to go behind closed doors and play as Luke Skywalker and stuff. Um, and it is, it is a really, really impressive game. A lot of people have been saying, you know, it's Battlefield with a um, Star Wars skin, but it, it doesn't, that, it, it looks doesn't feel like that. Enough, it looks yeah. like a labour of love and it feels that way, you know. It really does feel like you're in the battle. So, I mean, my, I was flying in a TIE fighter trying to shoot down Y-Wings over the... I can't fr- wait over for the, this game. Over I'm half. so excited. Um, the one thing I did have was... I'm kind of hoffed out. There's been a lot of hoth recently, yeah. And I would like to see I get another it. planet. So I, I that would that was my only complaint. But obviously in the game there will be. But yeah, it was it was. It's a game that I've been waiting to get my hands on for a while, and I think, we all have. Yeah, I think I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed. Well, speaking of video games getting announced at events, Treyarch have teased Black Ops Three Zombie Mode. So they did this. They tweeted out a photo, which was a picture of the the zombies from their game, and also with a little text beside it saying San Diego, July 9th. Are we surprised by this? Surely we knew that there would be zombies in this. Well, usually you would assume that they would, and I think they have in the past, waited for uh, Gamescom before showing or teasing anything from the game. I mean, we, we knew there were going to be zombies, but everyone's excited to get the first look because obviously people are a little bit disappointed with Sledgehammer games, which they did, and it just wasn't By people, great. do you mean you? Because you're... People care. You, people totally people care. People care. I mean, I know I care. I've talked about it on the past before. But um, 
uh, Chris, you may possibly be out there yeah. at the event. Would this yeah. be something you'd be interested in? Zombies? Yeah, no. <laughs> no? Oh, okay. Cool. Um, good, good talk. Black Ops. No, I'm sure we'll have people from the games department there able to... Yeah. If it's zombie stuff I'm going to be doing out there, it'll be Walking Dead, Ooh, Walking Dead spin-off, um, Evil Dead Ooh, TV show, That's quite if you count them as zombies. Um, mm. That's the zombie stuff I'll be doing. So I was going to make a joke about zombies being popular, saying that they can never really die. They yeah, no, it's good. Sound, yeah. um, um, not your best. Well, let's just pave over that. Yeah, so, so, so games are becoming a bit of a bigger element at Comic-Con, but it's. I think it's weird to debut stuff there straight after E3. Well, Especially with games. Like, well, yeah. It's got this pocket, yeah. and the only thing is San Diego. Well, it's this just is so what strange. I found really, really weird, because um, when we were talking to some people in the US and stuff, they were like, oh, are you, like, are you and Krooper coming to Comic-Con? And we were like... No, why? Like you know, that's that's Tilly's bag. You know, it's films. Why? Yeah. Why, why are we going? I'm like, well, no, no, no. There's loads of game stuff, and like even devs were saying to us, and we were just like, why aren't you showing us here, or why aren't you coming yeah, to yeah, Cologne? It's a like, weird you one. know, it's because especially this year, because it's this year that it really seems to have spiked more, and this year is the shortest ever time that there's ever been between E3 yeah. Gamescom. I which guess, is, you know, I guess it's it's you're kind of on your own there, so you won't get trampled by other video games. It, you'll get yeah. you'll get overshadowed by films and TV, but there won't be other games. It's like all these Getting artificial leaks that you get before E3, so yeah. you know, it's it like a, you've got breathing room. It's a bit strange, though, to use that as your platform for announcement, because mm. I've seen it before a lot where they use that event, those kind of events, to showcase games. Maybe, you know, mm. you have the booths where you can queue up and play them for the first time, get exclusive, sure. exclusive looks and things like that, but rarely for announcements and things like that, you wouldn't mm. really have... I mean, sometimes they have panels with voice actors where they'll talk about various games but not really to announce any new information I mean Gamescom is open to the public so there's an argument that says maybe they want to get a show you know they want to show people now and yeah. then they get let people get their hands on at the sh- but you know that's what the press conferences are for and similarly you know Sony isn't having a press conference this year so um I don't know. It's a bit of a weird it is a bit of a weird it one. It is a bit of a weird one. But, but I'm very excited about you're it. You're excited. I cannot wait. Well uh, you're going to have to. So I absolutely love. So I talked about it on the podcast before the about my longest game running for 15 or 16 consecutive hours. That's that's, a, I'm proud of that. I'm, gonna, I'm wearing that. Like you, talking, talking about something, speaking on the podcast before, when I was on Beyond I, and we were all really drunk, they were getting their drinks confiscated and I was just bleating on about Final Fantasy. <laughs> it's unusual, isn't it? I thought you were going to say, speaking of something that's 15 hours long, when I was on uh, the last podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, Beyond. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, got, who got a drink confiscated? We all got our, drink, our drinks kept getting taken away because we were like... Clearly, I love who, that. Who was taking them away? <laughs> like the other members of like the podcast crew. Just <laughs> because like, I'm we were just like, gonna take yeah. that from you. We, I don't think we needed any more. Let's put it that way. We had more. That's not good. But um, <laughs> um, it's fine. You can't really tell. It's not live. So I, mean, you I, I, I haven't it. listened to it back, but I have got some tweets saying. Wow, you guys were hammered. <laughs> so I'd love it if it was just like, all right, and then next up is Luke Carmali, and then you hear a very evident cut, and it's just like, all right, see you later, Luke. Yeah. And you're like, oh, like he's uh, gone. Like that woman who was at Radio Stoke. <laughs> that I oh, yeah, God, yeah. yeah, she did a farewell show. Oh. A little bit the worse for wear. Bless her, and then they were like, she's been, she, she'd been taken ill. She just had <laughs> yeah. to go home. No one believes that. No one's going to believe it's that. Let's like just say she's hammered. Let's, oh, let's just so do bad. this. So bad. Um, Let's go to some movie news. Yes. Mm-hmm. We finally have our Spider-Man. Uh, this has been rolling on for quite a while. There's been a few young actors auditioning for the part uh, of a teenage Spider-Man that's going to appear in Civil War and then uh, spin off into his own Sony movie. Mm. Um, and there's a couple of Brits up for it and one of them got it. Tom Holland is the name of the young actor. Good yes. Lad. Has anyone here seen anything that he's been in? 
When it said, when I found out who it was, I looked him up and I think I have, but I've now forgotten that. I've seen some of his Instagram videos and uh, that is the full extent of... Uh, why are you on his Instagram? Uh, I'm in love with him. Okay. So it just, yeah. No. Well, no, he was, he, um, he was showcasing his Spider-Man skills on Instagram. So oh, he was like doing flips and things in his garden and stuff, which actually was surprisingly selling. Cause I was like, I don't really know who this guy is. I'm not too sure. I really did like Tobey Maguire up until three and I loved, which <laughs> <laughs> we just, let's pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, and I loved Andrew Garfield as well. I yeah. thought he was an amazing Spider-Man. Uh, so to have this person come up and be a lot younger, I'm, to a be fair, reserved, those, those but... flips and stuff he did a while ago. Oh, uh, was they're it? Not that all, they're not all, oh, i got Spider-Man, look what I can do. Oh, I assume that was. Um, so I give you, I've seen pretty much everything he's done, because he's hardly done anything. Yeah. Um, Two films, is uh, it? Billy Elliot. He was one of the young Billy Elliots on oh, stage. Oh, West End. Yeah. And uh, there's a video of him on YouTube, actually. Uh, he's a little kid when he's playing Billy Elliot. And you see him doing the flips in that. Like, he's obviously a gymnast as well as a dancer. And shooting webs. <laughs> <laughs> da, um, da, da, da. But his big film debut was in The Impossible, which he got rave reviews. It's the film about a tsunami, and it's Naomi West, Naomi West, Naomi Watts, and Hugh McGregor. McGregor. Yeah. But he's the one that everyone comes out of that film talking about. He's really good at really? it. Really? For a child so, actor as well, that's... Really good. That's really impressive. And very likeable. Uh, he's in a movie called How I Live Now, okay. which is very good. It's kind of... It's like, like a young adult story um, set in the countryside in Britain after a nuclear war's happened and the kids are kind of left to fend for themselves. Good film. Uh, Saoirse Ronan's the lead gal in it. And yeah. He's good in that. And then he's also appeared in Wolf Hall. Okay. Uh, on the TV. Not a huge amount of stuff, but no. as you say, like you look at that Instagram and he comes across really well in his Instagram and his yeah. interviews. Like He seems like a really fun kid well, that's good. who's not taking it all too seriously. He's just done a big new Ron Howard movie called In the Heart of the Sea, mm. uh, which is about the true story that uh, Moby Dick's supposed to be loosely based on. Oh, cool. Um, and then, whale? yeah, he's straight into Spider-Man. So, and I also think it's quite cool to have someone that people don't really know it's quite nice when he, he is you know you guys haven't seen any of this stuff really I don't think many people have like he's he's kind of a newcomer yeah and that's great like he can just you know Marvel have been so good at casting up to this point that I that, trust you them. have you have to trust them at this point between I think it was I remember seeing this stat I don't remember what it was but it was like an unbelievable amount of auditions for this yeah, yeah. and then that got narrowed down to a, well, a smaller unbelievable number I was going to say like because the last two were Charlie Rowe was the other one I believe yeah, Asa Butterfield as well. Asa yeah. Butterfield, that's I, the one who everyone thought was going to get yeah. it as well. And I know Charlie Rowe was in uh, The Boat That Rocked, which I have seen. Um, so yeah. So you're now talking about people that haven't got the No, part. but he yeah. was the last two I remember seeing, because he, he apparently <laughs> tweeted out, like, congratulations. Steven Seagal is also not Spider-Man yes, okay, in this one. Well, the other uh, thing, that, that and the Sony leaks about those, you know, um, they can't be, he can't be homosexual, he can't be, uh, you know, any ethnicity other than Caucasian and stuff. Which is like Spider-Man can't be, not Peter Parker. Because um, after they introduced Miles Morales into the comic books. Yeah, that's kind of weird that they would announce the new Spider-Man in the comics and then not take the opportunity to make the Spider-Man in the movies different. And yeah, bearing what, in mind well, we've had the same Spider-Man for and what's two so series. Surreal. Well, this is what's surreal. They announced the Spider-Man in the comic book and then Sony bring out the contract being like, okay, so you've announced this black Spider-Man. You can't have a black Spider-Man in the film. It's, and it's like, it's, yeah. whoa. It's too far, though. It's the... The movie audience, I think, is majoritively too separate from the comic book audience to the fact that if you announced Miles Morales in the comics and that he became established as like the new Spider-Man, but then you had Spider-Man being unmasked 
in the movies, I think people would still be confused because they're used to the Spider-Man film franchise. But, um, That's but what this, they're but used this to. This is the thing: you can introduce it to someone new, and the point is, the biggest um, uh, ethnic minorities are the biggest um, cinema-going di- uh, demographic in the states. I guess. So, I just feel like it was a missed opportunity. Mm, but let's. Um, we've also got a director for the Spider-Man spin-off. Oh yes, it's a guy called John Watts, and again. I've had my finger firmly on the pulse here. I've seen his debut movie. Glad you said on the pulse. <laughs> uh, Clown, which uh, is a horror film, kind of a horror comedy almost, mm. based on a fake trailer. Uh, these guys made a fake trailer for a film called Clown about a guy who puts on a clown suit and can't get it off and and starts killing kids. It's a comedy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, because like, it, like, it, it was like a dark comedy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and kill some kids. At the end of the trailer, they, they put, um, like, as a joke, directed by Eli Roth, the fake trailer. <laughs> yes. And Eli phoned them up and said, they were worried that he was going to sue them, but he said to them, no, I'm not stupid. Let's see if we can make some money out of this. I'll, <laughs> yeah, I'll yes. see you if we don't. Uh, and so got, to, <laughs> got together with them and they, they made an actual movie of That's it. This guy directed it. Um, the film isn't as good as the tra- as the fake trailer. It's it's kind of a one joke thing, but there's some there's some cool stuff in it. There's some dark stuff in it. Yeah. Uh, he then followed that up with a movie called Cop Car, which um, is probably what got him this gig. Yeah. It's screened at Sundance. We haven't seen it yet. It's um, about a couple of kids in the deep south, I think, and they stumble across a cop car and decide like, for a prank to steal it without knowing uh, what's in the trunk. And also Kevin Bacon is the cop, oh, who's maybe not a nice guy, who's after them and after what's ever in the trunk. So it's kind of, again, it's like, it's a thriller, but with kind of a dark sense of humour to it. Sounds interesting. And yeah. also it's two kids in the lead. So maybe they saw something in that that thought this is the kind of guy that Working could well do something with, kids, with yeah. yeah. I just I, I hate the, saying the kids one, though, he's not a kid. The one thing I don't want, I mean, it, it sounds like it won't be because if, we, if he's in, been introduced in Captain America, yeah. then hopefully it won't be an origin story because we'll already... <laughs> we cannot have we can't another have Spider-Man. Bloody if I have to watch stories. Uncle Ben die one more time, <laughs> I am, I've had it up to here. <laughs> Hulk. With great power. We know, Ben. We know. <laughs> puny, puny Uncle Ben. Yeah. Hulk just smashes him. Yeah. Let's get on with this. Also, yeah. don't they have the same, like, the same actor in oh. all of them as Uncle Ben? Oh, no, no. I'm not think- I don't think no, so. Maybe they just all look alike. Maybe then he's a, he's a type. I remember him being <laughs> substantially older in, in the original Tobey Maguire one. Uh, yeah. so oh. Any, well. Anyway, that's all your Spider-Man news. Yeah. Um, we're going to do a superhero show special on it, so look out for that Saturday morning, where I'll probably repeat all the things I've just said here. <laughs> yeah. Great. And so if you do tuned. happen to listen or watch both, uh, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Uh, Rory, yes. you've now got something which we appear to have spoken about and we're going to speak about again. I will breeze through it very quickly. <laughs> okay. Running order, yeah, maybe should have swapped a bit of We've things. got Arkham Knight three times in the running Arkham order. Knight. It's a big game. So I don't know if you guys have heard of Batman Arkham Knight. Okay. Uh, it was... Released this week, some problems on the PC. Did you like it? I'm loving it. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, go on, Rory. What did you have to say? Uh, no, just I, I'm absolutely loving it. As I said, it, I got the Xbox version. I know a lot of people at the office have the PlayStation version. That's me. It's fantastic. It's so great so far. It's the best one I've played since Asylum. The controls are amazing. The graphics are incredible. As I said, I've had no bugs so far. Um, and I think it's incredible. So if you are on a console, maybe not on a PC, I definitely recommend uh, picking it up if you get the opportunity. So I guess we could call you a bat fan. Oh my God. I knew you were going to make this joke. Is it better than Arkham Asylum? I haven't played enough of it yet to make a good decision. But it's definitely on par. I'll take it off off here then for now. Take it off here. For me, it's better than City. Just For what I've played, it's better than City. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can definitely see that. But yeah. 
Cool, and I'm just going to finally do a little plug for something that I love, as anyone that's this podcast knows. Uh, Fright Fest is nearly upon us, August Bank Holiday, and they have announced the opening and closing films for this year. Uh, opening is a pagan cult chiller called Cherry Tree, about a young girl who, in an attempt to save her father's life, makes a fateful pact with the head of a sinister black magic coven. That sounds fun. Sounds Led like, by Rich. Yeah. Sounds like it's got uh... a... <laughs> if you're watching that movie and there was a big villainous reveal and it was Bear Park. <laughs> like, Bear Park just there with his like, With a dove just... <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's that, it that sounds like it's got um, Wicker Man vibes. And I it can does. imagine him playing the Christopher Lee role in Wicker Man. <laughs> well, there's an opening if there's a remake. <laughs> especially, especially when he's in that dress. Um... <laughs> And then not the bees. <laughs> Bear Park's just watching. Uh, not that Wicker Man. Oh, I see. The original. Yeah. <laughs> we don't talk about the Nicolas Cage Wicker Man on here. Okay. That's like I a, just want to see Rich and Nicolas Cage do it. Uh, so close to making it all the way through. Yeah. Like, without can't let it go. It's believable. And what is the closing film, Chris? Uh, it's called Tales of Halloween. Oh. And it is um, a film that's got. It's an anthology horror. Okay. Do you know what that is? No. That's when you have lots of little stories making up a bigger story. Oh, okay. Or like three... Like Goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> Trick, our, Trick Our Treat was a big one. Do you ever see Trick Our Treat? Uh, That's amazing. Is that like a full-on film broken down into yeah, yeah. smaller... Oh, okay. So this one's got ten tales of terror that unfold in a sleepy American suburb on Halloween as ghouls, imps, aliens, goblins, demons, axe murderers and serial killers roam the witching hour. And it's directed by a bunch of um, really interesting directors like Neil Marshall, who did mm. Dog Soldiers and the Descent. So uh, separate directors? Yeah. For, oh, okay. That's cool. Oh, that's really cool, yeah. Uh, Lucky McGee, Darren M. Busman, uh, Mike Mendez, Dave Parker. So lots of good stuff there. Uh, that's the Closing Night film, which will be fun. Um, the full lineup's announced July 2nd. Tickets on sale July 4th. And as I said, it's all over the August Bank holiday weekend. And I will be there. So I hope to see some of our listeners yeah, or awesome. viewers there. Are you a big fan of horror films? Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I wasn't... Uh, when I was growing up, I was a bit of a scaredy cat. Yeah. But when I started doing this job, I realised that the the films I like writing about the most were horror films. I was going to say, what kind of broke it for you? Because I'm still awful with horror. I think seeing stuff either. like The Wicker Man and Don't Look Now... You know what it was? It was actually starting to interview people. Like, my first interview mm. was with Eli Roth, uh, and then Edgar Wright soon after, and a guy called Don Coscarelli, and all these people who really were passionate about the genre, and yeah. then they're the people that have become my friends in the industry because they're just fanboys like me and my friends are. Yeah. And yeah, and they're also, they seem to have the best sense of humour. There's something about liking to scare people and being funny that goes hand in hand. Yeah. It's to do with that nervous laughter that you get in the cinema yeah. when something scary is about to happen. Yeah. And also that, that you know, a fright might be followed by a gag or something or in, in, a, in, in those films just to calm you down or, or standing at the back of the cinema with these filmmakers when their film's on. And the way that a comedy director will be waiting for the laughs for and screens. be laughing at the back, yeah, you'll be they'll be just pissing themselves. <laughs> pissing themselves when people are going absolutely mental because that's what they wanted. That's awesome. That's cool. So, really yeah, cool. it's always fun to meet those guys. And, and, what's not, and whenever you're at a festival with them, they just hang out with the fans and talk to, you know, they'll be at the bar. It's like, it's much, it, horror communities are really nice special like ironically yeah yeah very friendly it's, it's, and <laughs> it's the opposite of, of what the image would be of yeah. kind of you know Very weird loners to get murdered at them 
Yeah, I guess so. Although it would be quite good to do a horror film set at a horror, horror film festival. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. There you go. Let's write that. All right. Taking investors. Let's let's move on to shove it, Luke. Right. So I'm just kicking off with jet lag. This is the first time I've really had it. You put jet lag on the shove it list? Hey, I was thinking of things to shove, and I thought jet lag. How about I shove you? I'm sorry, that sounds... Why have you got jet lag, Luke? <laughs> well, because from coming back from E3... Do you think still... our listeners really were going to have any sympathy for you? <laughs> You've just gone to E3 yeah, on IGN's butt I, I was just gonna... <laughs> to see all these games that you love and now you're, I'm a bit tired, I'm well, a bit tired. I'm just saying. Did you know the whole thing in Die Hard about him taking off his shoes to help with jet lag was just a device? Fists, fists with toes. Yeah, just a device to get him to take off his shoes. And yet I do it every time. Right the... do you... Maybe it's like a placebo no. thing. Um, I haven't seen that. No, seriously, Luke. What? What are, you, what are you expecting from this? Do I don't know. I just kind of wanted. For you? Oh, I just thought we needed maybe to just. I just kind of wanted to talk about it and just say like my my jet lag cure is to drink through it. Okay. Cool. Uh, next on the list is sleepy. Oh. I'm sleepy. Well, so I, was just I put that say, on the show list. Mind, bear in mind <laughs> that last week I went to New Mexico for one day, <laughs> and you're and you're complaining. Okay, I you went win. to New Mexico for one day. Three of my four flights were were delayed. No, I had to run through the airport on the way there and on the way back, and yet I'm not. You don't hear a peep out of me. Well, this sounds. This is not going well for me. <laughs> One day, I got in at midnight. I had to be up at five thirty in the morning for a day on set that lasted twelve hours, and then got straight back. Went to bed up straight to the airport. It was insane, that and yet fun. I haven't put it on here. Well. Thank you. Well, now I've enabled you to talk about it. So you are welcome, my friend. <laughs> this is the floodgates you are now. Welcome. More than what I did soon. I can't say I what I was say, up yeah. to, but it was, was on gonna, the set yeah. of Independence Day Resurgence, and I had a really interesting day. But I might not be able to talk about it for a year. So <laughs> we'll keep that <laughs> in the market and come back later. Yeah. Um, I've got some sad news though. Uh, yes. Hannibal's been cancelled. Mm. Do either of you watch Hannibal? This means nothing no. to me. Well, let's move on then. I, well, no, I know because because Alex likes it. And oh, does Alex? Yeah, I swear Alex does like it, and he was gets, but he feels a bit awkward watching it on the train because okay, yeah, well, are, you would, it's yeah, incredibly because I I think violent. it was you guys were chatting about it, you Crooper and him me, at one stage. Me and Dan like it, yeah. and I think I think Dan's been bugging Alex to watch it, yeah. so I get I didn't know Alex had started th- watching it, and I basically because you were talking about it, and the way you were talking about it, you were like, oh, it's really good, and I was like, oh, maybe I should give, give it a go, and then. As I started hearing more, I was like, ah, oh, this does sound like it would scare me shitless. So maybe not. It's, I don't know if it's as frightening as it is violent. It's very violent. Oh, I don't know. Is like it that. quite... Um, but it's beautifully shot. Is it quite graphically violent? It's, quite, it's got a true detective vibe, I think, to okay. some of the violence. But there is... Yeah, there's some pretty nasty <laughs> stuff in it. Well, it was a weird reason, right, why it was cancelled? It was because um, of... It, no, in fact, I would say it's <laughs> no, not a weird reason. <laughs> I um, thought it was something... It's being cancelled because it's not got enough viewers. Oh, that's it? It's I thought it was something that. Uh, more and, it, and it's been actually... Uh, like I, I know Twitter has gone a bit mad and they've all been having a massive go at NBC. Mm. But even the show's creator has said, don't, it's not their fault. They've given us three seasons. We can't get the viewership up. We've yeah. tried. And for whatever reason, well, for financial reasons, they just don't feel like they can go on. So Brian Fuller, who's the showrunner, said, NBC has allowed us to craft a television series that no other broadcast network would have dared and kept us on the air for three seasons despite ratings and images that would have shredded the eyeballs of lesser standards and practices and forces. These two. He said, Hannibal is finishing his last course on NBC um, at the NBC table this summer, but a hungry cannibal can always dine again. Um, but yeah, it, it struggled to find a fan base. 
Um, and this season, third season, has had its lowest ratings, even though many oh. have said it's been the best yet. Yeah. Um, so it's going to continue to air that third season, both in the States and in the UK. And now they're trying to find someone else to pick it up. Yeah. But that's got complicated. I heard about yeah, that. Because, yeah, because um, they've spoken to Netflix and Amazon. They could go with Netflix, but the show already has a deal with Amazon so it's like for the first three series. Yeah, thing, isn't it? so Amazon would make the most sense. But then, because of who this chat that the show sold to internationally, that's part of a deal with NBC. So with NBC out of it, some of the international territories might not want to. With that syndication, buy it. right? Yeah, and so uh, I think just before we've done this podcast Brian Fuller's said it's about a 50-50 chance at the moment Yeah, but he, he's always had a plan Jeez. for five seasons and we're in three so he needs to get a, another two seasons out if he can so yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's kind of watch this space at the moment so the numbers make sense but it though. seems sad that it's you know a well received well liked programme but money talks mm. I guess it's kind of just a niche audience yeah Luke, you've got more rubbish news. I do more rubbish games news. Now, we very nearly actually made this the talking point, but we settled on Arkham Knight, because why not? Um, so, this is about Destiny, the Taken King expansion. Now, Rory kind of knows a bit about Do you know anything about this? No, that's why I said we should do Arkham Knight, because I didn't know yeah, this one. Yeah, good, good. I well, just realised, if we had gone with Destiny, it would have made sense for me to talk about Arkham Knight in the Love It section. So Yeah, maybe let's talk about this off the first. podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Than, right. okay. I just want to make sure, because they're listening. Okay, yeah. So, okay. basically, um, The Taken King is a, a big expansion coming out for Destiny. Yeah. Um, and it's coming out in September. Uh, and people aren't taken with it, Luke. That's why we pay him the mediocre I'm bucks. Sorry. Yeah. Um, basically, the way they are doing it is it's bundled in with the Taken King expansion is the original game and the two expansions we've had so far, which are smaller kind of mini expansions, really. Um, the problem being, if you already own them, mm. you can't just pay to buy the Taken King. You have to pay the full price and get all of the stuff you've had before. That's a $60 game. Wow. So that pissed people off to begin with. Mm. Then the second thing was there was loads of exclusive things like exclusive emotes, exclusive um, kind of emblems and stuff for your armor. Uh, that was only going to be available to people who bought the collector's edition. And this is, and like, the way that Destiny works, you know, customising your armour and stuff is a big, big part of it. So, to get the full experience of the Taken King, if you've pumped in all this time already, you have to then find somewhere that still has a collector's edition left in stock and plop down $80 for an expansion to a game that isn't even as big as the stuff that's come before. Mm. And there's no, everyone's saying, why is there nothing to reward the people who've made the community to, you know, just, who've been here for the first year, have put their time and their effort in, have really, really helped it grow and be such a success and get to a stage where it can put out this expansion. Um, and there, there, there wasn't anything in any way. Shockingly, Bungie have now kind of come out. This was all exa- exacerbated by an interview that was done at E3 with Luke Smith, who is the creative lead on The Taken King. And he made some... <laughs> what an interview it was. Yeah, he made some inappropriate... Inadvised inter- comments. Yeah, yeah. Basically... I think out of context, out of the context of the interview... Even in the context of the interview, they're not great, unfortunately. And one of them, he's like, listen, if you saw these emotes, if you saw what they were, you would throw money at your screen. And it's like, you're saying that these people will throw $80 at their screen. Mm. For an emote, like what are you yeah, on? That's and it's just it, what good. it sounds is very much. It sounds very classless. Like it doesn't sound classy at all. It's very um, tasteless. And anyway, now Bungie have so 
Probably actually by the time the podcast is up, annoyingly, they will have released their weekly update in which they promised something better for veteran players is coming. They're hearing this and they're going to react to this feedback. But in the interim, they have said that players who already own Destiny and both expansion packs can pick up the additional content just for $20. Um, and they, you can also get... I think they're also going to sell the, the items separately as well. Um and it says here, uh, so yes, Luke Smith did has issued a statement as well saying, anyone who knows me knows I can be sarcastic. Anyone who remembers podcasts I've done knows I can be blunt. Anyone who's watched me in a vid doc knows I'm unpolished. However, most of you don't know me. My words made it sound as if Bungie doesn't care about their most loyal fans. We do care. We are listening and we will make it right. So they will or they won't, I it's guess. something that Bungie and Destiny players have had a problem with in the past is definitely feeling like they're being taken advantage of. Mm. And it's one of those things where it's a game where people are, at this point, so invested that you can set up higher prices for expansions and the the fan base are most likely going to pay for it to, to continue on playing the game and to continue on because they've invested so much time and money but, already I mean, that's, into, into playing this game. That's the awful thing. Mm. And that, lots of people cite that as the World of Warcraft advantage. You know, That's why, because people have put so much time in they're not going to ride that off. Yeah. But I mean, the the reason it kind of really, really stings, I fell off the out of love with Destiny ages ago, but the reason it stings for a lot of people is Bungie launched a game that, you know, lacked story, that lacked lots of stuff. These are the people, these are their evangelists who went out, got their friends in and all of this. Also, it lacked matchmaking, so they set up online matchmaking. So, yeah. You know, they set up boards to find people to run with. It, the, all the lore was hidden away in the mobile app so they set up websites like and wikis where you can put all this information yeah. you know. they did a lot of Bungie's job for them and as a thank you know stuff that will now make it easier for new people to come in and as a thank you they kind of feel Bungie's just being like mm. you know okay well thanks for that but here's some you new guys. you can buy for yeah. $80 yeah. Because Bun- and you know you can see why it makes sense I think Bungie has literally just thought about it as like if we give this is an opportunity, this will get even more new people in. And it's like, yeah, that'll get new people in, but what's your cost? Mm. Yeah. You're losing people. So hopefully they'll change it. And they or they already seem to be changing it a bit, but I think this is... Um, it's a bad, been a bad week, hasn't it? It has not been it fantastic. Has, yeah. I'm trying to make sure we don't get too down on the podcast. Well, well this is this is us. And we do now weekly set aside an entire section to stuff that's upsetting <laughs> to us. Yeah, I, I do know. wonder if it's too negative. Yeah. But. Do you think so? Because then it's like heavy, heavy, and then just like boom, yeah. bad, awful stuff. Well, you gotta try, I think you got to try and make it some of it funny. Mm. Okay. Well, let's do that right now. <laughs> Another hoverboard. I know what you're thinking. Rory, why would a hoverboard be on the shove it list? I'm <laughs> I'm over hoverboards. Good. I am over it. Okay. I know it's 2015. I know when everyone's trying to make the uh, Back to the Future predictions come true. But so uh, in a bit of the context, uh, Lexus have announced a trailer showing their new hoverboard technology, which um, it was someone pushing on a skateboard and then they put a foot on this hoverboard that looked like it was hovering over normal ground pavement, mm-hmm. which is a huge thing because the hoverboards that exist now that everyone's been trying to make and beat to the market um, have required a specifically designed surface and they can only yep. travel on that surface. Yep. Yeah. So everyone was very excited thinking, um, oh wow, this is going to be the first one that can actually work on the ground. It says it uses liquid nitrogen cooled superconductors. Uh, That's cool. Every, everyone Literally. was like, "This is amazing!" Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, it looked amazing, and then uh, uh, Lexus announced in a in a little press update that actually there was material, uh, magnetic material under the floor that had been buried there, 
So it will only work on specific materials so far. So I think we should all just forget about hover technology because no one's gonna, are we gonna lace the pavements with this material everywhere? It's dangerous. What's wrong with a Segway? I've still never ridden a Segway. Me neither. You know, they don't even make them with the posts anymore. You can just get ones you just stand like a noodle and like, (laughs) like a noodle. (laughs) And wiggle your way with, and wheels. Do you mean an uncooked piece of spaghetti? People want them so badly. But that's it. I see. I would much rather if we're trying to make the future happen. I would rather everyone just encourages uh, Nike with their power laces. Mm. You've they? seen that they're, they're a, they? allegedly. You haven't seen Back to the Future, which makes me so so sad. Um, but basically, uh, in the future, he goes. <laughs> he he has shoes, yeah. and he basically push, pushes a button, and they like lace themselves and like tighten up like, oh, that's by quite, themselves. That's and he just goes choo choo, and they like yeah. And apparently, they said that they're working on it, and it will be available by the end of two thousand. That sounds like adult Velcro, which is good because kind of. I was told that uh, adults don't wear Velcro, and that was one of the saddest days of my life. Not as I'm good as a Reebok laces. pumps, though. Those are the. What are they? Those are the ones... Oh, man, see, I'm showing my age now. <laughs> that was the, the most the exciting thing. Yeah, I was, about, I was about 10 years old in America. I got them and you just pump up the front and they made your shoe tighter. <laughs> what? And like the pump on the top of mine was like a basketball. Oh, that's that's amazing. Cool. Yeah. Was it too? Was there any benefit to it? Rather just, just make made your shoes, your shoes tighter? tighter. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't like make you bouncier or like? Well, I think that's what the advert made it look like. Yeah. I suddenly become brilliant at basketball. Yeah. I don't think that. Well, that's yeah. the whole thing with the uh, light up shoes as well. Oh. We had the lights in the heels, and they were like, "You'll run even faster with light shoes." They were amazing, and, and I, was I like, yeah. cried my little eyes out on the day that the batteries died in mine. Also, this like, was only six months ago. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, swear, that's a terrible joke. I swear they, I swear they last not, like not years, rude. right? They're like watch batteries. Um, remember the ones when remember <laughs> you just like shoes? running on a hamster wheel as a, as a what hamster about the platform shoes with the fish in them? PTA or no? P- that was a joke. P- from the movie, I'm going to get you, sucker. That's not real, is it? No, they are is real. It not? I thought it was baby spice wore them. It? I thought baby spice. No, they're real. It's in a movie called I'm Going to Get You Sucker. I think it then became you could definitely (laughs) purchase those. Can someone write in to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com if you can source us? A fish is too cruel. I think we had sea monkeys. Well, yeah, but no, I want them to source it for us. If you had sea monkeys in a shoe, not as exciting as a fish, but that's not as cruel. Can you see them? Yeah, you just have to get like really right. <laughs> to go on your on your hands and knees and look, and look at the shoes. Right, I feel like I'm trying to control two little kids now. Yeah, that kind of. Happens. Let's try and pull it back in the best way possible, uh, guys. Um, so hoverboard bad. Bad hoverboard, not till the future. Okay, I might have <laughs> some poorly constructed. I sense. might have some exciting Back to the Future news coming soon as well. Really? Yeah. Can't talk. Can we talk about it? Often? I don't know if I can. I hate talking about something before, so I shouldn't even brought it up because oh, uh, if it doesn't happen. Then it just makes us look awful. Pretend to say anything. I, <laughs> I, saw, I saw the Human Centipede three this morning. How was that? Was it like having your ass sewn to somebody's? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really enjoy Have it. Shit piled into your body. Uh, you need to stop swearing. <laughs> Sorry, have I been swearing? Yeah, second time. Oh um, God, it's not influence. great. Mm. I liked the first one a bit. I hated the second one, and this one's pretty bad. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out whether I should review it for the site. Do you think the site needs a review of Human Centipede 3? I mean, well, yeah. People are going to be searching Human Centipede review. Yeah. That is going to be a I'm thing glad that you had a happen. review to the end of that. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think they will. I think the, the, um, the cult aspect to it and the appeal of its rarity is kind of faded at this point. Because I think when it came out, when you heard the premise of it, that was enticing enough mm. and enticing enough to give it a sequel would you describe the premise as enticing is well that... I mean intriguing enough okay. I think mm. that's probably the, the word I was looking for uh, 
I, I don't know. I don't think the demand is there for it, which is maybe why people just aren't I'm going to have to put a dis- disclaimer at the end of the review that I'm friends with the director as well, but I don't think anyone will think I'm being bribed <laughs> when I write this review. Like, before publication, I was friends with the director. He's read my last review, though, and he it's was fine about it. I think he quite likes people hating it, but um, he's in it this time. There's a human caterpillar in it, I think. What's that? There's the director's just a in lot... the film? Yeah, yeah, playing himself. How He's it... not part of the... No. Oh, hang on, Shane, hang on. How is, is the Caterpillar different from I don't, I don't want to get involved in this on the podcast. <laughs> um, I just <laughs> thought I should say I saw it and didn't really like it, as it's just it's quite fresh in my memory. Okay. Um, it's too soon. The trauma needs to fade. Yeah, and also, I don't... Even if you're going to watch it, I don't recommend watching it first thing in the morning. Ooh. Should we do the feedback? Yeah. Jesus. You've got the first piece. I do. Luke. So, Josh McNabb says um awesome podcast right um i have this just i have to say a game that shaped my whole game experience and one that i'm going to buy a ps4 for is final fantasy 7 to this day i've not played a better rpg i've been waiting 14 years and i'm 31 i've always been in the pro remake camp and the news they're finally making it is beyond hyper exciting so hats off to square for listening to fans can you suggest in the meantime any similarly deep and involved rpgs worth playing until it's released and now he's got a ps3 so this is very much your your kind of email. Yeah, what have you got? Nothing. <laughs> okay, yeah. So basically, um, I would say Nino Cooney is a fantastic one if you haven't. Yeah, that is um, the Studio Ghibli collaboration. Yep, um, love which Studio is Ghibli. Great. Resonance of Fate is all right. I didn't really connect with the story that well um, on PS3. Valkyria Chronicles um, is beautiful. It's 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 different. It's kind of like um, a tactics game. Um, so yeah, those are three games at the moment that I would recommend. Um, but yeah, obviously most of the Final Fantasy games now have been re-released. So if you haven't played, if you haven't played ten Final Fantasy ten, which is a remaster, I love it. I love it. I does. Oh. Um, so yeah, go go. Ace, right. ace impression. Good recommendations. Can um, we go on to three? What happened to two? I just, no, nothing. It's fine. We've gone to three. These are numbered. Oh god, I've mixed them all oh, up. Oh come on! I didn't guys. know they were numbered. Every week they're numbered. Are they? I don't have to. Three. Oh, three. three. I have three. This is from Jeremy Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Hello, Jeremy. Duck Hunt. Um, I know to some backwards compatibility is too late, but I think a lot of people are seeing it as uh, purely as play your old games and that is all, which is what I'm seeing it as. People seem to be missing the fact there could be more to this. For example, we're getting free copies of Vegas 1 and 2 with Rainbow Six Siege. We're getting Fallout 3 with Fallout 4. So clearly there are free and exclusive incentives for Xbox One owners who may not be up to date with their franchises. On top of this, what is stopping EA from suddenly announcing that every single 360 game will be hitting EA Access? It's actually interesting. I hadn't thought about that. What about all the digital games... uh, what about all the digital games where suddenly age and top-notch graphics don't become an issue, where we don't need a re-release of an indie game and can buy the current version, which means more money for indie developers and more gaming options for gamers? What about those of us with, an, with just an Xbox One, such as their first console, or maybe they switch from another platform? Suddenly, a slew of cheap games becomes available mm. on the Xbox. True. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about backwards compatibility? I mean, I'm, 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 just as you said, seeing it as much more simple. I'm just like... Hey, I get to play some of my old games yeah. that I, I enjoyed playing in the past. I don't have to rebuy them or anything like I mean, that. So we've had more details come out as well. Like, so, you know, cloud saves carry over, uh, achievements carry over. So in actual fact, it's not, you know, they, they're like, oh, it's a base level emulator. It's a software emulator. Yeah. But in actual fact, there's a lot of stuff that they're carrying over, which is really cool. So um, it's, I at first I was a bit dismissive about it. I was like, oh God, we have every remaster under the sun. You know, why would we kind of need this? But um. 
actually, I think it is quite... It's a cool thing. Um, and yeah, the idea... It's almost like as the pre-owned market kind of dies a little bit, the idea that there's still going to be a market for 360 games, right? Yeah. So, I but mean, but again, it, it does hinge on publishers saying, yeah, you can do this. That's the, that's the point that could be a little bit yeah. skew-iffy. I think it's just nice for Microsoft to have all their games, all their back catalogue now available on one device. Yeah. So now... As soon as this is kind of rolled out, it's all Xbox One. Like, don't all even really one entertainment exactly. system. Exactly, yeah, mm. which is what they've been kind of going for since launch. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So Levon Young says Halo Five, Titanfall, and The Witcher Three are trying new things in regards to DLC, while others like Syndicate and Black Ops Three are going with the tired, uh, well, the tried, tired and true. Hollywood and gaming enjoy the humble brag about how much money they gross <laughs> with each release, but why can't certain publicised benchmarks generate free DLC? So I think what he's kind of talking about there is the idea of you know if we have X many sales or something, you know, we will release DLC for free. Yeah. Or you know that kind of thing, like. Certainly ukulele, you know, and on Kickstarter when they were like, if we get two million in funding, all our backers will get free DLC. Mm. And, you know, that's, you know, it's an interesting thought. But, I mean, at the end of the day, their businesses, I think, is the... Yeah, they're going to take the most profitable route, aren't they? Yeah, unfortunately. Exactly. As as long as people pay for it, they'll keep doing it. I don't like how normal it's becoming for games to have season passes. Yeah. Because it's getting to the point now where if I get a game I like, it's like, okay, so I bought the game... And I'm also going to get the season pass. It's almost like second nature now. And that's kind of annoying. I really don't like that. Yeah. Um, so hopefully people do move away from it a bit. Fingers crossed. Uh, Adam Bond says, on this week's pod, you guys were quite critical of GOT season five and discussed being done with the show. Yes. Well, I certainly agree with that uh, this season was quite weak in comparison with early seasons. I would urge you to give it another shot come season six. Every show has a weak point in its run. I found season five of Mad Men very tedious. Uh, yes, this season was bleak and depressing, but perhaps it's necessary to truly appreciate what will come in the next two to three final seasons. I think viewers should keep the faith uh, that Game of Thrones can return to form. Uh, this was well, we've got, uh, we've, in We've in got context, two more on Game of Thrones as well. This was so. me and Alex uh, ragging on... Uh, we were kind of disappointed in the finale of Game of Thrones. I absolutely agree. Um, you've I, got well, you've got one that's Game of Thrones. And I've oh, this is Game of Thrones yeah, as well. All Game of Thrones. So. Oh my gosh, probably shouldn't have been so hard on it last time. <laughs> uh, this is Joshua. I'm guessing this will be one of my one of the many email responses to Alex saying he's now done with Game of Thrones off the back of the finale. Uh, he was right there but I think leaving now would be the worst time to leave oh god everyone disagrees I'm guessing from his reaction that he hasn't read the books prior to watching the show I don't think he has I don't think he's read the books and I can say that all of uh, his grievances made last week uh, are against the books and not the TV show Uh, massive battle that was skipped over in the end in the books death of the major characters in the final episode in the books characters left in the middle of nowhere without resolution in the books yeah, finish. <laughs> Just finish. <laughs> However, the next season, as we all know, is being written uh, without the books as a guide. The showrunners are going off their own path. So I think allowances will be made for the books that can be washed away to make a more streamlined and watchable TV show in the future. See, now, I disagree with that because they've already made huge changes. So in actual fact, a lot of the stuff in the show is very much their own devices. So anyway, but the final one we have okay. is from uh, Marty, Martin even. And he says, um, you're wrong about Game of Thrones. Try not to give out too many spoilers. <laughs> a lot of what happens at the end of season five is in the books. The incidents with Jon Snow at the end of the last book. I agree season five hasn't been the best, but it has some amazing moments. The implication that the showrunners are trying to shock is wrong. Look at the Red Wedding and the fight with the mountain and the Red Viper, for example. They're way more shocking. Season five has actually pulled away from certain scenes. For example, the wedding night of Sansa and Ramsay. He says that. 
There is no wedding right, night of Sansa and Ramsay in the book. Sansa doesn't get married to him. It's someone else. Um, at least things are moving forward now. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I obviously wasn't here last You've week. You've read the books. I have oh. read the books. Um, have you seen season five? Yes, I'm completely up to date. Um, Fantastic. You're primed and ready. I am primed and ready to answer this question. Um, yeah, I, I just think, and I've said it before, I think... They've taken um, a lot of liberties, and they've. But that's fine. Mm-hmm. They are making a TV show. They're making a version of a story. Yeah. I don't think you can really use the books one way or another, like as a um, as a kind of like excuse to say like, oh yeah, they diverge from the books. This is bad, or they diverge from the books. This is good. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it's literally just a case of they are two separate pieces of entertainment, but. For them to say, oh, they're just sticking to the books. Like, some people think they stick to the books too much, some think they don't. They've really, really gone off-piste, and George R. R. Martin still has this overall narrative that they're working towards. It's Yeah, it's, it's difficult for me to speculate on how this season is going in terms of comparing it to the books, because I haven't read any of the mm. books. So I'm purely viewing it as, in itself, a season of a television show. That's what I'm just trying to look at it as. And I mean... It's as, just tonally. It's very dark. And, I, and I, so I've said this before... I would like you, it's constantly nailing home to you, you know, failure after failure after failure. And, you know, characters who are high, they redeemed Sands at the end of the last season. Yeah. Now she's brought low again. And it's just like, give us a win. Like, just give us a win somewhere so we can have something to cheer about. Yeah. I've quite enjoyed everyone getting upset and saying they're not going to watch it anymore because I gave up so long ago. <laughs> it's completely I was right all along. Yeah. Uh, Isn't it Bear Park as well who's like still, who's now... I probably, I probably will. Dylan Wynn writes in on the same subject and says... Uh, Thank the mighty duck hunter. I was beginning to think I was the only one. I was on my own. Um, and he, he goes on to say what, but you haven't highlighted that. So people, <laughs> I, so I've so you can't sorry, read I've, it, Chris. I figured it out. I figured good, it out. Good, good. So Dylan's talking about the TV show Game of Thrones here. Yes. I figured that out. Uh, he <laughs> says I love the first three series, uh, but the last series not only failed to deliver on some big plot points. Yes, it also landed a fatal final depressing blow. Without giving away any spoilers, the latest series ended with me thinking, "What's the point?" I'm tired of it bringing me down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very. It, it, it is a bit of a downer, it must be said. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's... I, I think I should probably watch the next seasons to be taken out of this. It, I, I think it was trying to end on a bit of a cliffhanger in a lot of aspects, but instead it was just kind of a bum note. Uh, so hopefully that's it. That's, that will be the point of sticking with yeah, it. Yeah, well, maybe it's the um, Empire Strikes Back moment, you know? Yeah. You've only got a year to wait for this. Back then, you had two or three years to wait. The, the Empire Strikes Back ended in the most depressing fashion you can imagine. Well, also the, a bloke in carbonite, a bloke's lost his arm and found out that his dad's evil. It's just grim. And, and that's how they ended the film. And you had to wait years to I was going to say, how long it, was that gap? Was that... It was two or three years. Well, book readers oh. have been waiting like five or six or something. And then the show goes ahead and kills half the characters that... <laughs> Don't die in the blood. Yeah, don't die, quite fun. I don't quite die like in the that. book. And then like oh. they're like, oh yeah, no, he told us. Has he? Has he not told you that they die? And everyone's just like, oh. so anyway, it, that's going to be. It's going to be interesting because it's obviously going to finish before the the book. So. The equivalent yeah. though would be Luke meeting Darth Vader on the Death Star, and they both take out their lightsabers, and then it cuts to an exterior pan of the Death Star, and then goes in, and the battle's over. Yeah, and then that that would be the George R. R. Martin version. No, sorry, that would be the the show version of. That I don't think fight it, scene. I don't know if you can complain that I think they they used all their budget up on that <laughs> zombie fight <laughs> the, the, the like week before. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's you know. very true. And let's not go into too big a spoilers. Okay. Yes, uh, I think you got the next bit of feedback, Rory. If it's number nine, then you bet I do. So this is can, from. Can you say Kyle. it then, please? Okay. <laughs> 
I'm <laughs> off on holiday for 10 days as of Monday and would like to hear if you have any recommendations of any audiobooks. I've only ever listened to I, Partridge, in audio form and loved it. That was my first. <laughs> I've only read two audiobooks and that was my first. Really? I've listened to it twice. What was the other uh, one? Thanks, Kyle. I'm going to recommend it. Um, I listened to The Martian. Ooh, uh, we we published good. my set visit. I went to the set of The Martian in Budapest to interview Matt Damon. Film's coming out at Christmas. Uh, Ridley Scott directing. It's like a cross between Gravity and uh, Cast Away. And yeah, it's it gets very sciencey. So I think the book would annoy me, but listening to it was a bit more easier for my ears to take. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although it's one guy doing all the voices, and it did make me laugh whenever he did the uh, Indian guy at NASA's oh, accent. No. Yeah. So like, oh, maybe just don't bother doing the accents <laughs> rather than yeah, maybe doing a bad one. one. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the only other one I've read, so I can't recommend any others. For me, I, I like reading maybe celebrity biographies, though. I think that's what I would do when it's someone reading mm. their own story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess that would be pretty interesting. Mm. If it's them talking about past experiences, a bit more interesting. I don't you really, guys? I've, the only audiobooks I've ever done are the Harry Potter ones by Steve, with Stephen yeah. Fry reading them. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't done them, they like he does a very, very good job with them. But um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you haven't read Harry Potter to death. <laughs> Yeah, I'd recommend a little season you may have heard of it called Game of Thrones, (laughs) popular book series. Uh, Oh yeah, I actually (laughs) did you. What? Did you listen to an audio no. book to them? Well, no, they do you exist, didn't let me actually. Finish. You didn't let me finish. Oh, sorry. Uh, I actually have never listened to an audio book. That was my finishing. So I'm much more podcast-focused. So yeah, well, sorry, I, Kyle. And I will say that there are 285 IGN UK podcasts before this one. So if you've mm-hmm. missed any of them, <laughs> dig them out. They're not all of such up. good quality as this one. But. Of course. Oh, no, they were much better in the early days, yeah. if I'm well, honest with you, you know. guys. Yeah. All things, Not uh, too sure about that. More things change and all that. Exactly. Um, cool. So Adam Wrigley has said, a really short one, what was that series of books I kept going on about with different worlds with one bloke that keeps cropping up um, and it'll end in a book about him. So the, they're all books by a guy called uh, Brandon Sanderson. Um, and there's lots of different ones that he's that he's writing, like the Stormlight Chronicles is one that's going on. Um, but if you're looking for one to begin with, I would say um, The Mistborn trilogy was my one and that's brilliant so um yeah brandon sanderson and there's a guy um who keeps appearing in all the different books that's cool yeah awesome and finally uh i have is this is this an announcement yes i thought so from the duck hunters it's like- from david coburn uh and it's entitled glasgow meetup david says a few glasgow duck hunters had an avengers-esque meetup on saturday the 20th of june However, instead of fighting a non-threatening villain, we bowled. Uh, so this is going to be who won what? Yeah, pretty much. Ooh. Uh, Alex won our first game, earning a UMD copy of iRobot. That's nice. Congratulations, Ooh. Alex. Uh, Paul was victorious in the second, becoming the proud owner of 50 Cent's debut solo album, Get Rich or Die Trying. I knew you could do it, Paul. But apparently it didn't have a CD in it. Oh, well, oh. Does, if it had the album booklet, that could be still a thrill. <laughs> Lastly, uh, Joe won Pro Evolution Soccer 2012 for the PS3 because no actual winner wanted it. Oh. P.S. Paul bowled a freaking 158. That's good. What? That's yeah, crazy. That's okay. That's, that's good. pretty impressive. That's good. I, I haven't got over. I've never gone over 200 before. Well, nor did Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had 158. <laughs> I'm just saying that's quite quite high. As a man who's bowled his fair share of gutter balls. I think 158 should be praised. Who's the best bowler here? Me. 
No, oh, wait, no. Wait, no, how did you bowl the, the Christmas mm, party? Yes. Pretty, I did pretty good. Did you really? Yeah, you did yeah, do good. I'm yeah. quite good. Our Christmas party was we went bowling. Um, <laughs> Thanks for that, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know if they can quite piece that together. <laughs> <laughs> well, just help I take it very, very seriously. You did. Tilly actually has his own bowling ball. <laughs> I kind of do. That's, <laughs> That's I, true, but you I, I, to use it. I bet you a glass of wine that I could bet our bowl over 100, that. and I was... I would have my last bowl and I was down at like 70 something and I managed to get a strike a, a, a strike and then no, maybe two strikes and a spare something unbelievable and I got like 101 and he had to down a glass of wine yeah I actually think that's right because I was just shy of 100 so yeah. I, did, I did really not do well <laughs> so you got 101 you're not so you're not that good well, that was after a couple of beers, so and a couple, oh, yes. a couple of beers. I think we need, to, I think we need to to a rematch. Round two, yeah, round let's, two. Let's go mano y mano. Yeah, um, but yeah, well done, Glasgow Duck Hunters. Sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one out this week. That's it for feedback. If you have any feedback that you do want to send us, you can send it to IGN. <laughs> IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com I know it now because I'll never forget it again what's out this week on the game side of things there's lots of words here that I don't really understand there are, so we played this game at lunchtime that we mentioned way back when called J-Star's um, Victory VS Plus we got sent it by PR and we didn't know what to make of it it's basically an anime manga crossover thing yeah and so it's characters from Shonen Jump a wide uh, array of characters you got like Goku, Naruto, Ichigo I thought it was going to be one of those I know. mortal uh, yeah I'm sorry I'll, I thought just uh, guys fight game. I thought it was going to be one of those uh, 2D you pick a guy you pick a guy they go across and they fight each other just one of those things but then as soon as we started up it's actually 3D and you run around and you, and you it's blow things up it's a massive kind of open world brawler it's it very really very weird so anyway we played that that was fun there's also Yoshi's Woolly World which is, we gave a 7.4 so that's mm-hmm. only out in Europe um, at the moment it's not coming to America until October I don't believe um Arkham Knight. Don't know if we've talked about this one yet. Yes, we don't know if we mentioned Arkham Knight, which we gave a 9.2. Her Story is quite an interesting game. Um, It's out for PC. It's um, this weird little kind of... It's basically like serial, the game, but it's all Mm. done with FMVs. So... um, it's, it's quite a unique experience, and um, I'd advise you to give that a go if you haven't. And then finally is Final Fantasy XIV Heaven's Ward. So it's the first expansion for uh, the Final Fantasy XIV MMO. So yeah, there's quite a, there's quite a good batch this week, really. Um, I'd assume the one that most people will be going for would be Arkham Knight, unless mm. you have a PC. Um, <laughs> in which case, you may want to... J-Star as it is, J-Star then! as it is. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, no, I'd say Final Fantasy XIV Heaven's Ward is a, a good expansion. Yeah. If, um, if you've played the original it's a good time to get involved okay how about movies movies are three films out this week all of which I've seen Minions Slow Western Everly um, you reviewed Minions didn't you reviewed Minions reviewed Everly uh, didn't review Slow West which is probably the best release of the week so Slow West is a western starring uh, Michael Fassbender Cody Smith McPhee and Ben Mendelsohn so three really good actors that's just a great recipe all those three in a western <laughs> yeah. situation that sounds great was he the he's one who the, was in that thing with Steve Carell he's in the road I think wasn't he the little kid in the road oh, he's the little maybe. kid in Let Me In I can't, he's a very good young actor yeah there's one where he's like I think he's in a water park for, or something for some, uh, maybe Steve I don't Carell. know if that's I it maybe that yeah, was just I know, a summer film. holiday yeah <laughs> I, was just, I was just following him it's, it is as the title says it's very very slow mm. but if you like your westerns kind of laid back with kind of bursts of violence and kind of quite I don't know quite poetic I really recommend it um, Everly awesome. is 
good fun. I gave it quite a positive review. It's getting lots of negative reviews for being nasty and immature. And I guess that probably means I'm nasty and immature. Yeah. Because I thought it was good fun. But it's it's Die Hard in a Room starring Selma Hayek. Okay. Where she's in an apartment as uh, like an army of henchmen come to try and kill her and she's got to survive. In a ro- one room? Yeah, in an apartment, basically. Oh, okay. Sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. Like uh, the raid, but... I, th- I thought it was good fun. Uh, okay. And then Minions, which is the big release of the week, will probably make a billion dollars. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan. I thought the first half hour was great when it was the Minions through time. You saw kind of their history. Yeah. All these little funny little vignettes. But then when it actually got to the business of having a plot yeah. set in the 60s and they go to New York and London and Sandra Bullock's the, the kind of major villain in it. I don't know. It was just, I felt like it was going through the motions, like I've seen this before. Yeah. Whereas so, whereas the first stuff was really... Despicable Me. Though. Yeah. Well, I yeah. like those films. So yeah. Pretty yeah. good. How's the dialogue in it? Because obviously they don't really talk. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, you know, it's it's silent comedy, effectively. Yeah. It's okay. It's what they... Shaun the Sheep and, hmm. you know, some of the Wallace and Gromit stuff and, and um, Penguins in Madagascar, maybe. I don't know. I, it's When they do that, which is the first half hour, it works really, really well. But then when it becomes more run-of-the-mill uh, or more similar to Despicable Me, actually, because she's effectively like a, you know... She's the Steve Carell. Yeah, but villain, just a less, yeah. less interesting version. Yeah, uh, yeah I just I lost interest. So, yeah. But it doesn't matter. Shit. It will still make an absolute fortune. Probably. So your pick? Slow West. Cool. Um, so I'm going to say goodbye. I think are we done? I think that is everything. I don't from know my samurai, my knight. Well, did we talk I'm about the Arkham Knight yet? Did we? Ta- th- oh, we we might have talked about Arkham. Knight. Yeah, maybe a bit. Okay, the Arkham Great. Knight podcast is drawn to a, qu- a close. So <laughs> as ever, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Yes. and yeah, we love you. Bye bye. Dark Hunt. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.